Welcome to Wadcast. I'm Charlene Gianetti, editor of Women Around Town. While it's no secret that women are underrepresented in the film industry, one recent study showed that for the top-grossing films in 2017, women made up only 18% of all directors, writers, producers, executive producers, editors, and cinematographers. Women made up only 11% of all directors and 88% of the films had no female directors. Michelle Cantor has set out to change that. In 2002, she helped to found Cinefem, a nonprofit, charitable 501c3 organization that provides fiscal sponsorship for women-helmed films and projects. She herself is an award-winning writer, director, and producer, and she has several projects in the works. We love the movies, and we love to see more women make movies, so we are excited to learn more about Michelle and Cinefem. Michelle, I'm so happy to have you here today to talk about women in film. Hi, Charlene. Thank you for having me. Great. So before we talk about Cinefilm, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, Tell us where you grew up and where you were educated. I'm from Denver, Colorado. And uh, I went to the University of Colorado Boulder for undergraduate in film studies. And then I got my graduate degree in cinema at San Francisco State University, which is where we ended up uh, founding Cinefem. Okay. So along the way, what sparked your interest in film? Well... My father was a hu- is a huge cinephile. He likes to say that he took me to my first movie when I was two months old, oh, and it was Pale Rider with Clint Eastwood. So I think I was always being carted along to the movies since I was a little one, and just always was very fascinated with uh, cinema and the the medium. I always want. I went to film school because I wanted to know how it was done. I was very curious about that. Um, I started out more in the fine arts, drawing and painting, but um, something about film was very powerful, and it didn't come as naturally to me, so I wanted to really learn as much as I could about it. Now, were you in graduate school for film? Yes, I was in graduate school for film, and the undergraduate school I went to in Boulder was more of an experimental art school, so we had... Sam Brackage is a legendary experimental filmmaker who's now sadly passed, but he was one of my professors, and we really had this great environment at Boulder to um, view filmmaking as an art and really push the boundaries and explore different ways to use the medium to tell stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, I'm sorry, what was the other question? Whether that you were a graduate student when um, in uh, film at, in California, That's correct. San Diego. Yeah, yeah, in San Francisco. And it was interesting because at that time, um, I mean, there was really nothing, n- nothing in terms of a zeitgeist or momentum for women working in the entertainment industry. And the reason we founded it, it was uh, two friends of mine who were in my graduate class Katrina Parks and Sierpa Nelson, and uh, we really bonded, and we started looking at the statistics for what our prospects were like leaving graduate school, and saying, well, how can we go out there and and perhaps, like, get a career in directing? 
because we were all very interested in that. So when we researched it, what we found was that the statistics were very, very abysmal. So something at that time, very similar to now, about 5% or less of women were working professionally as directors in the studio system and in television. Mm. So we, you know, and now everyone kind of knows these statistics, but at that time it just, it just was a very bleak landscape. So what we decided to do was form a nonprofit, CINEFM, 501c3, so we could create our own little ecosystem, our own place where we felt empowered to thrive. Um, and our primary function was fiscal sponsorship, which means that a non-commercial film project, uh, in this case it would be our three thesis films, can borrow the identity, can borrow, uh, or, I'm sorry, can sign an agreement with the 501c3 and um, borrow, essentially borrow the 501c3's tax identity so that when they go out and solicit donations, um, those donations may qualify for a tax deduction. And it's a way for uh, women who are minorities and who are underserved communities within this industry to circumvent and get around um, these problems of not being able to find enough money to raise for their films. So um, that's how it started, was we wanted to get our films off the ground and we wanted to provide structure and, and resources and entities that we could go out in the world and say, hey, we, we have these great films, um, let's get some support behind it. And from there, it's really, I have to say, taken off. So at that time, there was really nothing in terms of movement or zeitgeist. Um, it started out in San Francisco. I've been executive director since 2007, and in the last four years, we've seen a huge um, movement in terms of awareness and other groups, um, you know, growing and kind of seeing needs within the community. There's a lot of groups that do a lot of great work out there, and I personally feel it's kind of a group effort. Not one group can really serve the needs of this particular situation, but um, but we do work with a lot of other groups who have come into prominence and um, just to help women thrive in the in the film arts. So now, Michelle, when you say that Cinefem is a nonprofit, but that doesn't mean that all the films that come through you won't make a profit. Um, well. They just have, when they sign an agreement with us, they have to be non-commercial. So mm -hmm. that means they can't have investors on board. Okay. Because otherwise, it doesn't it doesn't fit within our parameters of acceptability with the IRS. Um, and it just you know, so yeah, Patty Jenkins couldn't come to Cinefem with you know her next studio film, but we can help the next Patty Jenkins get her film developed and hopefully get financing for the next one. So it's a really great way for both seasoned directors and kind of emerging filmmakers to get their 
feet on the ground and get get the resources they need to make their films. Now, how do you determine which films should receive a fiscal sponsorship? Well, um, we definitely start within our membership. So CineFem opened a membership about a year and a half ago um, to not just film directors, but women key creatives. So that includes producers, screenwriters, uh, production designers, cinematographers, and the like, to kind of address the below-the-line issue where we weren't, we're not quite seeing um, enough women below the line working in the industry as well. So um, we wanted to make our organization accessible to not just directors, but a variety of different women who are key creatives. So um, first, our fiscal sponsorship is available to our members, and then it's just a case-by-case basis. Have you been able to... Often ranging from subject to, sorry, subject to uh, budget, complications, things like that. Okay. So have you been able to track to see whether uh, CineFem is having an an impact on uh, creating many more opportunities for women in film? Yeah, we have an impact report we, we released last year, um, which I could probably get to you. Um, and we've sponsored over 40 films to mm-hmm. date. So we're definitely making an impact. And, and is that about where you hoped you would be? I mean, is that a lot of films to... Uh, be doing fiscal sponsorships for? I mean, it seems like a good number. Yeah, it's a good number. And, you know, we could do more, but I am also a working filmmaker, and um, CineFem's not a full-time job. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I do it because I enjoy working with other filmmakers, and I feel like it's a necessity. We're the only fiscal sponsor on the outside of the East Coast, Mm -hmm. exclusively dedicated to women filmmakers and helping their projects. So we have, like, a very special niche that we cater to, and um, I like... We try to keep it small. If we get too big, you can't really provide, you know, good service to your clients or to your people. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't want it to grow too big in terms of the fiscal sponsorship program. We so just want to do it well. Do members keep coming back to have their films, uh, you know, in the fiscal sponsorship or once they become a little bit better known, are they able to go on to make films with studios and get their own funding? I mean, how does that work? Well, it, it depends. We've had, like, some... We've had, like, everyone from Emmy-nominated filmmakers use CineFem, and it's a really interesting thing because it seems like no matter how successful or what awards you might get in the industry, it's still an uphill battle mm-hmm. getting your next project, especially for women. So, yes, we do have return customers. And... um you know, eventually the goal is that you won't need an organization like CineFem, that mm-hmm. these problems will be solved, and that's my ultimate goal, is that we won't need CineFem, we won't need these other organizations to fill the need for for uh, women and women of color and other female-identified people who just don't quite have the power 
or the resources in mainstream entertainment to get their voices heard. So until then, though, um, yeah, we get repeat customers. Absolutely. Michelle, how do the films break down? I mean, are many of them documentaries? Uh, Are some, does it break down between documentaries and narrative films or short films, longer films? Yeah, we run the gamut from feature documentaries, short documentaries, short films, narrative, feature narrative, web series. We sponsor a couple of uh, film festivals, Mm -hmm. and we sponsor an activist website called The Director List, which is a a resource for studios to hire women directors of a certain experience level. So we run the gamut in terms of... um, type of project that we'll sponsor mm-hmm. as long as it fits into our mission of being non-commercial, um, which doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that people don't get paid. That's not what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means that it has to fit into our mission, um, which is to serve women and get more, more of our voices Yeah, told. absolutely. So, I mean, has the number of outlets for films, I mean, it's not only... The big screen that you have to go to these days, or even you know broadcast TV. There's so many more outlets. Is that uh, you know added uh, you know incentive and opportunities for women to get their films out there on some of these outlets? Uh, yeah, I think digital has completely revolutionized access to audiences that filmmakers now have, and technology has improved insanely since I went to school. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's much cheaper to be a filmmaker now, and it's easier to access your audiences. But that doesn't necessarily translate into uh, a budget for a film, mm-hmm. nor does it translate necessarily into a sustainable career. So um, kind of like navigating that in between where women are getting hired for projects is where we kind of want to see see this organization help women you know find careers Mm -hmm. as directors and and then hire other women on their films so so along with that is there any mentoring that goes on in the organization yes there is uh one of our primary mentorship programs is called dinner with dames which is a a monthly dinner party held between one industry vip and about seven to eight of our women and referrals. Um, so we've had everyone from the showrunner of the FX show Snowfall to uh, the producer of Moana to Paul Feig, who directed Spy and Bridesmaids and Ghostbusters. We've had a lot of really great people come in and sit down and have a very candid, open conversation about um, the struggles women face in the industry and what what you know they can possibly do and um each mentor picks a attendee for a follow-up mentorship coffee now does the me too movement uh ever come up i mean do you talk about that at all oh yes mm-hmm. our last dinner we had a a former employee of the weinstein company who's also a snfm member attend it Mm. So, you know, it's really interesting to hear different experiences um, across the gamut Mm -hmm. for women. Are there other women's organizations that you're working with? 
in film? Oh, yeah. We work with, um, I mean, most of them, Women in Film, the Gina Davis Institute, um, Alliance of Women Directors, Women in Media. There's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we work with all of them, or as many of them as we can. So are men jealous about what you're all doing? Um, I don't know if... I don't. I haven't personally received that, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Although I've heard of other women organizations who um, who have gotten feedback from men saying, "Well, why why can't men join, or why can't men get these resources?" <laughs> well, there's a reason for that. So, right. um, you know, yeah, I haven't received that type of negativity, which is great. We've received a lot of great help from our allies, and we actually love to work with men. Um, In fact, we released a PSA recently by uh, Jenna Payne, directed and written by Jenna Payne, who runs our Dinner with Dames program called um, Ask Us How, and it's an invitation to men and men, male allies, to work with CineFem so that together we can, you know, reach our goals Mm -hmm. for a more inclusive industry. So now you you are making films too. Uh, are any of those films under the fiscal sponsorship at Cinefem? Yes. So I have a feature documentary in post right now that's a Cinefem fiscal sponsory, and it's a documentary about my father's escape from communist Czechoslovakia by scuba diving. He's the only man who did it and lived. Wow. And um, yeah, we went and shot all around Eastern Europe, retraced his life and my mother's life around the Iron Curtain, mm-hmm. and um, now that film is in post, I do have sort of limited time, so it's hard to balance the needs of um, of my own film with helping other, running, you know, this organization and helping these other filmmakers, and uh, my other jobs too, so, and I have a family, but you make it work somehow. So, Michelle, just take us through that process of making. I, I think the film's name is Red Star, is that right? Right. Uh, take us a little bit through that process of uh, how you uh, managed to get this film up and running. Well, um, I crowdfunded on Seed and Spark, which is a great platform um, similar to Kickstarter and Indiegogo, but it's a woman-run um, company by the CEO is Emily Best. She's on our board as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I love about and why I chose Seed and Spark is because they really have a mission behind their, an ethical mission behind their company. So they're looking to help filmmakers um, kind of have like a their own built-in system of sustainability where they're directly connecting with audiences. So she's built in um, a streaming platform and all these other services and um, wonderful like resources to I'm sorry links to resources and vendors and things like that that you might not find on other crowdfunding platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I crowdfunded on that. I raised twenty five thousand dollars, and it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you had to shoot. You had to shoot in another country, so that must have been uh, difficult. Um, 
Yeah, we shot two days. My DP is an old friend from uh, Boulder. We've known each other 20 years, Kimby Kaplan. She's amazing. She actually had just had a baby, and we were, she was pumping milk while we were traveling to, let me count them, like one, two, three, <laughs> three different countries on planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. So um, it was quite an adventure, but, um, you know, did, a, did an amazing job. And now we're still funding fundraising for post-production funds. And when- um, My father has gotten, my mother both got, pretty sick after we shot. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, you know, they're getting older and my father broke his hip. So now we're kind of, I'm glad we got it in the can, but we're still looking to raise post-production funds and get it, get the edit finished. And where would you hope that the film uh, would be shown? Um, I mean, Venice and... So film festivals. Sundancer, of course. Yeah, so definitely the tier is you do a festival run, um, theatrical, possibly an educational. We might do an educational run as well. Mm -hmm. And then digital streaming. I mean, does a film like this have uh, foreign distribution possibilities also because of where it was filmed? Yeah, I think there's definitely potential for that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, it's a really interesting piece of history that we haven't seen a lot of in media, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, what was life actually like in a totali- in this particular totalitarian dictatorship? Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting going around Prague with my mom and dad, because when they were there, you know, over 50 years ago, you couldn't walk down a street in Prague without feeling the paranoia in the air. You know, people were so scared of constantly being either outed to the police or accused of something and then sent to jail. I mean, it was life or death. Mm. And for them to, you know, kind of walk these really free streets now where people are smiling and, you know, there's a mix of different ethnicities and languages, like it just didn't happen. It wasn't that wasn't the case back then. So, um, you know, just being able to see their struggles and how they grew up, and it's really definitely influenced how I see um, how I see things too. And I don't take my freedoms for granted, <laughs> so I consider consider it a real privilege to be able to work on something like Cinefem. Um, to do some some good because in a country like Czechoslovakia at that time you were told what mm-hmm. your life was going to be you were told what your 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 job was assigned to you uh, you know Michelle you know, how so. quickly how quickly people forget I mean I think it's so important for a film like that to remind people how things once were and that we don't want to go back to those times yes that's very true we do forget. So you are do, you are juggling a lot of balls. Um, do you have plans for another film after after Red Star? Yeah, my my goal is I have a feature script based on my parents' story, a narrative version that I really want to direct and sell. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's my ultimate goal is to get the more you know the doc done, get the true story done. But I'm really I've got my eyes set on developing 
their story for, you know, a narrative mm-hmm. audience. And what would be future plans for Cinefam? Well, um, as we discussed, hopefully we won't need Cinefam in about five years, and we can all just work in our <laughs> chosen fields and get the jobs we want to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but seriously, um, you know, I think as long as we see more and more women rise into positions of power and prominence and success, even if it just means getting their films made and seeing their dreams come true, because success is a relative term, and Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. But just seeing artists feel empowered and valued, and especially right now where, you know, it's harder to find that um, feeling Mm -hmm. of, you know your art matters and we need this art as we see the NEA potentially being defunded and things like that. Um, I just want more women and our voices are necessary. We need to, we need these perspectives. Um, There's something about empathy that can really go a long way in film and television. And um, I just think it's what, what we need right now on a global scale and just in our country, you know. What would you say to a young woman who wanted to do film? I mean, go after your dreams. There's nothing stopping you but yourself. And especially with the support of Cinefilm, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I I see Cinefilm as a vehicle for women who are motivated and, and smart and self-starters to see Mm -hmm. their dreams come true Mm -hmm. you know nothing's gonna happen for you but if you can really focus and just get get your energy in the right place and work with the right people you can make it happen and focus on the craft too that's my fallback right now is that I need to really do less business and more craft Mm -hmm. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being with us today. This is really interesting. And we will have uh, links uh, on the site so people who we may have lots of budding uh, filmmakers out there who are going to be interested and go to your website. So, Oh, you know. my pleasure. Yes, we have our membership is open. You have to have a professional IMDb link. Um, so keep that in mind. We're not for people who are, we're a vetted organization, so you just have to be at a certain professional level, but we'd love to welcome welcome in new members, and we have monthly director's meetings um, in San Francisco, L.A., and New York right now. Okay, that's terrific. Well, thank you so much. Um, again, this is Charlene Gianetti, uh, editor of Women Around Town, and we've been speaking with Michelle Cantor from, from Cinefem. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome.